Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. No one? He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. The word lynching came from his last name. His methods were very simple, but they were diabolical. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. Because obviously, you have lost it. You're traveling to another radio show. Broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind, a journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination, imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio, with your guides Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl B. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Clocks and calendars are not incorrect. We are actually broadcasting the day after the Midweek in Review edition of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk. Because of time constraints, folks, I had to push the scheduling of our grandiose program 24 hours ahead, but we are still here live and direct. This is the Midweek in Review, except that it's actually on Thursday. The call-in number remains a constant. But then we would think the electoral votes are constant also, wouldn't we? (laughs) Mr. Trump may be up for a surprise, but I digress, and I dream. (laughs) The call-in number is 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Folks, we have 10 more days until Christmas, and we have approximately, I think, a month before we have the Harlem Black Comic Book Festival, John Ira Jennings' outfit. Mr. Jennings, uh, he may be stopping by this Saturday for the Grindhouse show. He and 
Joseph Illich. So we're going to have a double dose of comicdom, comicdom, pardon me, black comicdom. Anyway, folks, let's go to a Krampus groove. <laughs> More Christmas Yuletide beats. You know what? I was going to actually play something that's Hanukkah related. I want to give my my just due to the late Sharon Jones. I'm still reeling off of that that passing. Uh, also, uh, wow, Alan Thicke is no longer in the building as well. Uh, you know, these are figures that we grew up with. So the 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 mother passes with Florence Henderson, and the father passes with Alan Thicke. Wow. Anyway. This is, I think I'll stick with Christmas and then Hanukkah. (laughs) This is Funky Little Drummer Boy, Sharon Jones. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
the late Sharon Jones giving you her edition of The Little Drummer Boy, but it's called The Funky Little Drummer Boy. Folks, this is a Thursday edition of the Midweek in Review. We pushed our show 24 hours ahead. Uh, our apologies for the preemption, but we're back in full, full and direct. I could not do the program without uh, any supreme efficacy with, without this gentleman. Uh, he is the captain of the starship, and he's the captain of this program. Captain Kirk, you needed once again in the ready room. Let's get to it. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I'll be brief. I'll be real brief here. Nothing long-winded, Africa, nothing long-winded. If you want to see the white man really go crazy, a reversed electoral college, reversed electoral votes, <laughs> and put Hillary in charge <laughs> come January. Woo-wee. Now, just to be brief here, just to be brief here, according to the 1948 Harvard Economics Study, they said economics follows the flow of electricity. So let's back that up real quickly and show you, show the Jeffrey Wright from Westworld, the programming, how the human operates in the quote-unquote tabloid matrix. Now listen, according to scientists, decisions are done emotionally in the limbic system. Then you rationalize it via your cerebral cortex. Now, you would think it would just stop there, but they also say the electrical brain. Now, how does that tie in to the 1948 Harvard economic study? Well, real simple. Going further with it, it's actually a number, what they call complex number electricity, according to future dark matter science, which will be mainstream in the future. Complex number electricity. So after you make your emotional decision, then you rationalize it in the cerebral cortex. You move in a manner of the least path of resistance. That's what electricity does. Now, going further with it, <clears throat> we look at Ohm's law briefly. E is equal to I times R. E is the voltage. You know about voltage. The I are amps. You hear about amps. People talk about the train system. They say it's not the volts that kill you. It's the amps that kill you. And R is resistance. So it's V. Voltage times amps times resistance. Resistance is voltage over amps. So now this simply means for a millionaire who has more complex number electricity, remember the electrical brain, you follow the least path of resistance. Because he has, he or she has more force, things are easier for them. Simply put, easier for them to get a woman regardless of how they look. You see millionaires that are ugly as hell big-bellied and everything else, probably can't see their penis with fine women, easier to get a car, easier to get a house, easier to do more business, hence the rich keep getting richer. So a millionaire 
is pushing through walls. Now, a billionaire is walking through walls. It's the reality president that you have right now. You understand? Simply put, this is how it works. This is your matrix that you're put into based on the science that I just gave you. None of that science is mine. That's not my science. I'm not 1948 Harvard Economic Study. I just put it together so you could see it. And if you remember, on past diatribes, I said, if you look from space, the streets look like an electrical circuit. Pipe energy in, pipe energy out, and you control the Jeffrey Wrights, or if you're smart, the Sandy Newton character in uh, Westworld. Back over to you, Sir Alpha Nerd. All right, folks. Um, let's get let's get into this. There's a lot to discuss, and regretfully, I don't know about you, Captain, but I, I have a great pangs of discomfort. I don't want to use the term guilt, but just a great deal of um, just just um, reticence with discussing Donald Trump because as time goes on, it appears that this gentleman has just so much chaos connected to his impending presidency that I can't understand how a a large amount well, – I shouldn't say I can't understand. I guess I, I'm disturbed that I can understand that there's so many folks that are supportive of someone who seems to have daily issues before we even set foot into the White House. I mean this, this presidency, more controversial – Thing having a man of color in the White House. I mean, you know, in 2008, going into the inauguration of 2009 of President Barack Obama, I mean, that was somewhat of, I mean, now we're past it, so it's no big deal to see a man of color sitting in the White House and a, and a family, by extension, a family of, of color in the White House. But you have to really think that that might have been perceived as controversial and if not controversial, just obviously historical but trump is leaps and and just leaps ahead of barack obama and this is the white guy the, who would think that a white person in the white house which one would connect to normalcy i mean that's what what's what what it has been uh if you take away barack obama of course but this is a different white man so anyway um I I had received quite a few tweets to discuss Jim Brown, um, Kanye West, and Ray Lewis breaking bread with Donald Trump. And that's just one of a number of things. Again, there's just too much chaos with this gentleman. Um, the issue of Russian hacking is becoming more and more pronounced as the days move to January 20th, 2017. There's also this impending lawsuit relating to the Electoral College and these electorates that, from my understanding, many, many of whom are Republican, who might overturn their votes. So I, I don't know if it really means that Donald Trump is not going to be moving into the White House. I mean, he's picking his 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 team now, and even in the choosing of his of his team for his administration, 
Even that is controversial. Governor Rick Perry from Texas, if if one has a decent memory, you know, this, this gentleman, again, there used to be a time that you would do something a little bit off and you were just knocked out of the game. He was forgetful during a b- debate, famously, again, forgetful during a debate, spoke about dismantling some government agencies, specifically energy, the Department of, of Energy, and he couldn't remember, he could not remember the agency that he wanted to get rid of. Now, he's being tapped by Donald Trump to head the agency that he couldn't remember during a debate that he wanted to get rid of in the first place. Mr. Ben Carson, who is an Afro nerd, who I had had, and I guess to some degree, or measured degree, have respect for in the field of of science and medicine, but I, I wasn't comfortable with his performance during this entire election season. But now that he's a hanger on, and he's he has been uh, pretty loyal to Donald Trump, and we know that Donald Trump he he's quite rewarding for those who are loyal to him. Conventional wisdom would, 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 would think that someone who is a, an esteemed neurosurgeon, that, well, okay, he would just he would head health and, and, and human services, or he would be the Surgeon General, no housing and urban development. I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with Donald Trump, and this is, again, the presidency hasn't started. It may not start. I think it will. But they're trying very hard to figure out a way to derail Trump's chances at the midnight hour, literally, from taking, taking the reins of power. So, um, again, I, I referenced the, the, the tweets that I had been receiving because it's no, no – longtime listeners to Afro Radio – they're fully aware that I have this whole black masculinity thing. And I, and I make no bones about it. I, I am affected by what I see as being a dearth of, of traditional black masculinity in today's, today's um, exchange, in, in today's culture. We seem to want to get away from it. So – when I think of, of what I grew up on, beyond the Oracle, I mean, I was very fortunate to have the Oracle, my, my father, uh, in my life. And by extension, you had uh, a number of powerful black male figures, symbols, also add more buoyancy. To, to my traditional beliefs. Jim Brown was there. So 
now we see that Jim Brown has aligned himself, and he and Ray Lewis, and Ray Lewis is, is, a, tr- is a troublesome person. You know, he, he may have straightened out his life now, but did he, did he catch a case a few years ago? So, for murder, <laughs> um, Kanye West, you know, he's the poster child for that dearth of stalwart, strong, um, unfettered black masculinity. He's not that. And Donald Trump is talking to him. So anyway, I'm going to play this clip. We will unpack, but I know that quite a few folks wanted to get my opinion on just, especially the Jim Brown thing, because right on time, you know, I, I speak about Jim Brown every, every week indirectly when it comes down to some of the things that I see that's happening in, a cult, in the culture that make me feel uncomfortable. So let's play this clip. This is Jim Brown discussing his quote-unquote love for Donald Trump after having a um, tete-a-tete with the gentleman. Hold on. Jim Brown, you supported Hillary Clinton. Yes, I did. What brought you to Trump Tower? This guy? Well, I'll tell you, uh, the president of the United States brought me, my president. You know, that's, uh, he wanted fair and square. He's going to be our man for the next four years at least, probably eight. And he's amenable to listening to people who did not vote for him. He listened to you. You told me in commercial break that you all were in there for a long time. What did you talk about and what did you ask of him? We talked about making America a better country. We talked about the poor people. We talked about African-American people. We talked about education, getting rid of violence. Uh, dealing with economic development realistically and uh, how to work together. You know, people listening to these NFL greats and the pastor being in this room, I mean, that's a stellar uh, you know, lineup of, of men. Uh, but when you're thinking about those who voted for Mr. Trump and the working class in middle America, and certainly you have fought on behalf of a lot of those people for your, for your lifetime, Speak to those people in this country who feel like they're not being listened to and they're not being represented. Well, you almost have the wrong guy. See, I look like a bourgeoisie and middle class, but I've been out there for many, many years in the ghettos across this country. The American program concentrates on being in the community, developing leadership in that community, teaching life skills to those individuals and teach them how to deal with responsibility of self-determination and how to gain success over working hard and working intelligently. So we're not bourgeoisie. We're not above the people. We are a part of the people. And uh, I can't speak for the pastor. Sure. But I fell in love with him because he really talks about helping African-American black people, and uh, that's why I'm here. You fell in love with Donald Trump today. Well... It isn't really about just Donald Trump. It's about him and the position he occupies. That position is considered the most important person in the world. The most powerful person in the world is supposed to be our president. When he goes through what he went through to become the president, he got my admiration because no one gave him a chance. You know, they they called him names. 
uh, people that called him names when he won, he reached back and brought them along with him. He held no grudges. So who am I to say that I play quarterback when I only play running back? I don't know everything, and I don't try to address everything. But the reception I got today from him, I'll always remember that because he listened to us, and he knows that we can bring something to him to help the people of this country. Is that a speech? No, I'm just, I'm, I appreciate you coming through. All right. Uh, Cap, let, let's mix this up a little bit. I have a lot to say. Um, and again, folks, you're listening to a Thursday edition of the normally normally Wednesday sh- Wednesday show of the Midweek in Review Afro Nerd Radio program. Um, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Feel free to call in with your questions, protestations, queries, disagreements, analyses, uh, we're, we're up for it. So, Cap, uh, you, you've played football. You're a sports guy. Uh, I'm not the biggest sports guy, but, I, but you may have noticed I do have an affinity for the classic sports people, <laughs> whether it's Jackie – I go back, Jackie Robinson or um, Jim Brown, Fred the Hammer Williamson, Williams, uh, Williamson his boy. Um, I have a lot to say, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are. Well, first, I got to back up first. All right. One of the few times we disagree <clears throat> pertaining to like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is making sense in this nonsense type of rise. He's staying consistent. Everything is nonsense in this position. That's what, and that's what essentially has worked for him. You're not supposed to have a reality star become president. In 2016, going into 2017, it's not supposed to happen. So all the nonsense that he was doing, that has worked. You know, now some people might say he has to buckle down and everything else. And obviously he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, but sometimes, sometimes, believe it or not, that type of you don't know what you're doing, you're able to do things. It could be a shot in the dark. It could be luck. It's not know-how because you don't know what you're doing. But it's something. And we've seen these type of things happen with people before. So he's actually staying consistent with the nonsense. Now, channeling Black Ronin and also Creative Survivor, all right, (laughs) and this is good, you know, tabloid matrix, that's uh, uh, Black Ronin. And Creative Survivor had pushed the article out here before. 25% of the scientists out here now, now watch how I tie it in. 25% 25% of the scientists out there actually believe we're in a digital matrix. All right? What do you know as a digital matrix? A video game. Right? You have rules, reboot the rules and everything else, and then you could change around the video game. In a real-world situation, right, this is just something for you to think about. Donald Trump doesn't come to the rise of power. Well, in some type of crazy, insane tabloid matrix, it all begins to make sense. Real world. Right? We go back to, let's say, 1975. 1975, hacktivists didn't exist, really. Right? Hacktivists wouldn't exist. And also, conspiratorials were all madmen. How, do, how does conspiratorial people and hacktivists, along with the FBI director, affect their election? How, how does that happen? You know, in the real world, 
if we were totally analog, Donald Trump can't become president. So part of me is saying we're not really operating in the real world anymore. You know, it doesn't make any sense, but yet it does make sense because everything with this man was nonsense, and the nonsense got him in power. Now, that being said, far as that, now let's go with uh, Jim Brown. I have to ask you a question now from Nerd. Did, uh, okay. did uh, Obama have a long sit-in with Jim Brown? Maybe they did. Maybe, I, you know, that we know about. Has Obama done I, that? I, I, will do, I will do the research, but I don't know. I don't okay. know. That's a good question. I, I, I See, that, think that's the thing. I, I will double-check, but I, I, yeah. I'm hearing... I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing whispers that there were overtures that were being made and it never actually went down. So okay. you know, that's what there's I that but there's that dichotomy. dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. I know Obama spoke with a few other people, but maybe not necessarily guys like Jim Brown or whatever. They frontliners or people that are on the ground floor. You see, what he's doing from that standpoint is actually smart from Donald Trump. That doesn't mean he's going to carry out anything that those, those guys say, but it's actually smart. You know, it's actually smart. You know? And if I was Donald Trump, I would try to do some of those things that Jim Brown was talking about. I don't necessarily have to deliver. I'm the President of the United States. I don't have to deliver on everything. There's going to be ramifications. People hold me in check. But if I could deliver on some of those things, that is going to look really good for as Donald Trump, even though we know we have a history on Donald Trump and we know what Donald Trump is with that long winding history. So it's interesting. It's interesting what Jim Brown was saying because he has a lot of respect on both sides of the community. I mean, one time Jim Brown was on O'Reilly. You know, O'Reilly likes to diss everybody. O'Reilly factor. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly showed Jim Brown the utmost of respect the whole time. Didn't point his finger, didn't do any of that madness that he likes to do to get ratings. So it's just interesting, you know, and I have to watch this some more. So back over to you, Afternoon. I'd like to hear you expound upon this and what you're going to drop. Drop some science on the situation, sir. All right. I got a lot to say. Um, Again, it's common knowledge. I have great admiration um, for Jim Brown because – uh, not to be so repetitive, but to make things clear, when you had someone with his talent, his knowledge base, his presence and forthrightness, he's in the community, and he always spoke straight. I mean, even in comic routines, because he was a friend of Richard Pryor and tried his best to try to, to, to straighten out Richard Pryor. But Richard Pryor was, was a genius, but he was, he was incredibly dysfunctional. I mean, the man was raised literally in a, in a, in a brothel. His mother was an alleged prostitute. So, I mean, you can imagine trying to straighten out an adult. It's damn near impossible. So, anyway, uh, Jim Brown is a legend on a lot of different levels and fronts, and he is in the community. We're very familiar with his Can program where he's trying to uh, – he's, he's walking the walk, talking the talk, literally putting his hands and monies – in these urban centers and dealing with these gang members. He's been doing it 
for a number of decades. So you you just can't you just can't um, discredit someone. But he presents a quagmire. Admittedly, he presents a quagmire because under under normal circumstances, you you're sitting there and say, well, why would someone like Jim Brown, President Trump, when we all know that Jim Brown's a straight shooter? Now the interesting thing is, this is this is this is where you get into. Uh, Cap, my 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 constant, almost obsessive nature with this masculine thing, because you see how this works. When someone like Jim Brown comes into the, into the picture, people are trying to say he's a he's an Uncle Tom. They're trying to be a little smart. Some of the some of these uh, social media types, they're trying to be a little bit smart, but they really can't, because he set up that precedent. Where it's like, well, damn, this is Jim Brown. You know, out of all of the shenanigans and minstrels that are out there, he's the lone figure that is very hard to deconstruct. So let me, let, me, let, me be, let me be clear. It's very difficult to deconstruct Jim Brown when he has talked the talk, walked the walk, and has had this demeanor and has spoken up about racism. He's been in the dirt. He, he, he has a long and very esteemed legacy. I mean, hell, even he and Lou Alcindor, now, of course, Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and the late Muhammad Ali, these were men in the 60s that, that were prominent black athletes, but they were not making LeBron James money. It was, it's, it's because of their sacrifice, sacrifices, literally, that LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and all these other folks are able to command the incomes that they, they have because of these men. And on top of that, they, they had an economic empowerment initiative in the mid-60s. Uh, they, were, they, were always, they were doing what you and I talk about on this show 55 years later. Credit this man. So this is, what I, this is how I, I, I'm looking at this. Everyone has a role to play. Now, we cannot follow the lead like a like sheep and assume that that he has to be on the same page as a million other black folk. Someone is going to have to make the appeal to Donald Trump begrudgingly because this this is the, this is if you're going to be intelligent. And this is one of the things that, I, that we try to really impart on this show, is having strategy, strategies. We should be having multiple strategies. And someone begrudgingly has to deal with Donald Trump. How about that? Because if this man becomes president, we can, we can theorize, we can, we can talk very forthrightly about this man's uh, alleged racism. It is racism. Let's be, let, me, let me not even mince words. But he's not the first, won't be the last. May, may not be the worst. So, you know, we, we, we've had, we have had black folk in the past, like Jim Brown, barter deals with abject racists. LBJ Richard Nixon deals were still deals were, were were still made. So 
So if black folks can get can get off of this, make me feel good. Because the Clintons made you feel good. Doesn't they don't necessarily mean, doesn't necessarily mean they did anything for you. Hell, the Obamas made you feel good, and and history will see what has panned out for black people. And I have a, I, and I have an explanation for the Obamas as well. I have an explanation, and it's a sports analogy, believe it or not. And I might have said it before. So I'm giving Jim Brown a pass on this one because someone has to take that hit. And maybe he can deal with Donald Trump. Now, there's another side of this that has to be, that has to be, um, has to be explored, though. The part that does become problematic is that it's not just Jim Brown. Is you had Ray Lewis there, and you had a, a now blonde, tressed Kanye West. Kanye West was recently released from some kind of mental hospital, or uh, he had some kind of mental episode, and then within days, he meets the president-elect. What becomes problematic for me, Cap, is the overarching the overarching look is that black folks are not to be taken seriously. Problematic. So, I don't want what I'm sa- what I'm saying to be perceived as confusing. I, I don't. I don't know. If, I, you tell me. Am I coming across confusing? I mean, like, all right. Let me repeat this, and I'll be brief. Donald Trump, in my estimation, is running a chaotic presidency, or will will run a chaotic presidency. But I agree with the, I agree with with Captain that with the captain that you know that may or may not work i mean that's kind of a it's it's a it's a methodology it's a methodology we have to see i'm i'm uncomfortable with his picks i mean you have steve bannon formerly with breitbart uh a a white nationalist so he's tied he has white nationalist ties uh but at the same time you may have had folks that didn't necessarily weren't necessarily card-carrying members of these organizations, doesn't mean they didn't share these sentiments. And black folks need to have plans. And we need to, ha- we need to be coming in with a thousand different, coming in, coming in, pardon me, coming in on a thousand different angles. And I'm just looking at Jim Brown as one of a thousand different angles because you have to deal with this man. But at the same time, at the same time, there, not only are we talking about a chaotic potential presidency with Donald Trump, it's chaotic and or there's, a, there's chaos and or there is a duality to him. Now, what am I talking about? What I'm saying is you, you, you really can't hold on to any words on this gentleman. His words don't really mean anything. Um. You have to sift through the words, what he really means. It, it works out for him personally to be this, this chaotic because you can't pin him down anything. He's not being held responsible for anything. He is using his white male alpha privileges to kind of get away with this thing.
But he is, in my estimation, dog whistling to black people and white people that blacks are not to be taken seriously. <laughs> that much I'm able to – if I'm able to decipher anything for Donald Trump, that's what I'm seeing because you have enough black educators, engineers, financiers, economists, uh, genius-level intellectual black folks that could actually approach Donald Trump with a level of seriousness with some planning. Kanye West is not it. So it's insulting, and I have to put Jim Brown under this umbrella. See, I would have preferred Jim Brown to be, and maybe he will be that person, but he still is. He still meets the criteria of a, of an athlete slash entertainer. And so far, that's essentially who Donald Trump has been meeting with when it comes down to bartering or or, or metaphysically. I can't even take it realistically. Metaphysically bartering with the black community through minstrelsy. And that makes me uncomfortable. I'm taking Jim Brown out of that, but he still fits the criteria as far as meeting someone outwardly outwardly, and messaging to white folks from Donald Trump. Donald Trump is messaging to white folks that, hey, I'm looking like I'm dealing with black people. No, you're dealing with Ringling Brothers right now. You're dealing with Universal Circus. Universal Circus is who you're dealing with. You're not dealing with um, Ken Chenault. You're not dealing with someone like, uh, hey, George Lucas's wife, Melody Hobson, who has her own investment firm out of Chicago. You have Chicagoan powerhouses Donald Trump could be dealing with. Why is he looking at this fool, Kanye West? Who, who who was minutes away from an insane asylum. You do that to give the impression that you're dealing with black people, but you're really not. And it still keeps him in good graces with the white nationalists. Because if he's really a white nationalist, he's not going to, even if he is or is not a white nationalist, he's in bed with them. And it, it, it would not it would not play well with those folks who he seems to be putting into his administration to to realistically be dealing with black people. But if you but he's dealing with black people, but he's dealing with universal circus. But Jim Brown, he has my he, he's he's forever in my good graces. Because I, I, I and by extension, get this. Fred Williamson, I'm gonna try hard to get the hammer on the show. I'm going to try hard to get the hammer on the show. The hammer, Fred Williamson, also an acting and football legend. He is a compatriot of Jim Brown. They've been in movies together. That's Black Caesar. So, but he also endorsed, he also endorsed Donald Trump. As you heard in the clip, Jim Brown was more of a Hillary supporter. But he, he for, for, for the sake of pragmatism and someone having to take the hit, someone having to take the hit, he decided to do that. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to go. I mean, there's a lot more to discuss. 
I know I threw out a lot of things things uh, as gristle for our audience. You can listen to this in the playback, but um, I, there are other folks that are saying this. But see, my my issue cap is black folks are going to have to figure out a way, and and, and this is inevitable. I have yet to see. I I talk this smack. We both talk this smack because we rarely have been proven wrong. Rarely, and and we are paying a price cap. We are paying a price because we absolutely, if we're going to speak tribally, we absolutely refuse to at least do some things to reverse engineer our programming in the black in the black communities. We need to. It's revolu- It would be revolutionary if we start to impart the idea of of the of the branding of black intelligence. And when I I've been repeating this. I said this uh, uh, earlier this year at the uh, at the store in Philadelphia, the Amalgam Comic Store, and when I said branding Black intelligence, people looked at me like I was like like a light bulb went off. I mean, we we Black folks are going to Black folks are going to have to start to figure out a way to engender the idea of being a bit more pensive, intelligent. And not that, not that we don't have it going on in, in, in certain ways. I mean, listen, in a general sense, there's an anti-intellectualism that's going on in this country. But in the macro, in the micro, Captain, we, we certainly have it in, in, in minority communities. But we, we, we're fearful for some reason. We're fearful of promoting intelligence. We clown smart people. All the time, scientists are telling us that we're, we're, we're experiencing global warming. It is 20-something degrees in the Big Apple. The Apple is frozen at, at, at present, present day. However, on Sunday, it's going to be 61 degrees. But the scientists, the scientists are telling you this, and we still do the ignorant thing. As as a as a culture, as a collective, not just black people. I'm talking about people. We we promote this 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 dimness. It's cool to be dim. Now, what would save us some? You know, you, we see these nerd shows, and and I dig it. We're in our space. This is the best time for the blurs and the nerds of color and and and, and nerds in general. Every day. It's Christmas to me. When you look at when you look at these nerd shows, Captain, they throw out so much ancillary knowledge that it's it's the most it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing. I'm constantly and in fantasy. I'm always I'm always rem- uh, forgetting this little anecdote. Um, a few weeks ago, I was looking at I was looking at uh, Elementary. Elementary is the, of course, folks know it's, it's Lucy Liu. Um, it's the modernized version of modern, modernized iteration of the Sherlock Holmes mythology. And in, in one of the cases that they, you know, one of the shows, one of the cases, he throws out this offhanded, this offhanded um, device. Not a device. What, what, what am I trying to say? He, he he threw out this offhanded 
way of dealing with poisons. Someone was killed by poisoning the victim. And he throws out this anecdote. I'll look, I'll look it up in a minute because I keep on – I can't seem to, to keep it cemented in my brain. But I was like, wow, this is some cool stuff. You're looking at this nerd show, and that's what it is, and they throw out in fantasy, but it's, it's an actual thing. He throws out this whole thing about, about dealing with poisons, how if you take a little bit of poison, and this is kind of like you know snake charmers, uh, it's a real thing. If you, if you give yourself a little bit of poison, you, could be, you can, you can uh, develop a, a natural resistance to the poison, but it stems from some Greek general. If I'm that utilized, I'll look it up in a minute because I don't want to give false information. But I I learned this because it was said off the cuff in a damn geek show. So the geeks are winning, but there's still a lot of people that want to keep it dumb. And I want I want minority folk, especially, to stop with this dumb s. We got to heighten the intelligence thing, man. We got to make we got to make intelligence cool. You know, I'm I'm completely uh, enamored with the the Batman slash Black Panther slash Night Nighthawk mythology because it, it it's 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 thinking. You know, thinking is cool. Being a, being able to outsmart your opponent is cool. Being able to 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 play as I as I put it, metaphysical chess is cool. The masses on top of this thing. We love to play it dumb, to have our mouths open and the drool just spewing out. All right, that's it. I think I went off went on an OCD rant. Pardon me. It's okay. As it's I look good, for that. It's good. It's good. It was good. It's good. Can I add in one thing? Or should I say? Yes, yeah, certainly. Always. Always. Yeah. So you know, originally I had said what what Donald Trump was doing was smart. And the reason why, based on what you said, <laughs> you you just expounded on it, and you you went all the way through it, which was excellent. Here's the thing: from outside of the black community, outside of the black community, the observers outside of the black communities, what are black people good at? Dancing, creativity, and sports. That's how they see you. Okay. Even though some of the observers outside the black community do know that there are black people that have science degrees, mathematics degrees, you know, they have black business firms that they head up. But the general overall consensus is, okay, black person, good in sports, dancer, music, and they can create things that we can appropriate. That's what you are. And just as Afro-Nerd said, <laughs> Donald Trump is sticking to his true whiteness. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. As he said, the dog whisper. Excellent, Afro-Nerd. Excellent. Back to you, sir. Yeah, you know, uh, our stalwart supporter, John Hutton, left coast supporter, he threw out there, Mithridates, um, and this, that, that is the, the king of, I was the king of 
king of Persia, if I'm if not mistaken, king of Pontus. I think it's now Turkey. Anyway, um, it was a it was it was a thrown out thing about and it, and then I you know automatically I was thinking because I I suffer from asthma or I I'm not as I'm not as asthmatic as I used to be, but. There was a reference to Mithridates, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, in this episode of of Elementary, because the victim was poisoned, and perpetrator. They they found out that essentially he was he was a caretaker of a of a of a of a snake that. He had, he had a, um, he had an aversion, or as I said, he he, he had, he he was he was able to withstand the poison, and he made a reference to King Mithridates, and I and I said, wait a minute, that's that that must be what allergists use to deal with folks who have, who have uh. Who have asthma, and 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 as and as I had deduced, of course, they use this method because what would happen is, if we, in order to deal with it, I would go to the allergist once or twice a month, and the allergist, allergist would proceed to give me some kind of dust derivative, some kind of animal dander derivative. He would give you a little bit at a time, so that at some point you develop a, a natural immunity to to it. But I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I, what, I, what I'm saying is I dig anecdotal data. I dig data, and I, and I say that I don't – on a personal level, I can't allow the presidency of Donald Trump what I need to be doing and what everybody else needs to be doing. Yes, it's, it's a bad look, but there are preponderance of people feel comfortable with this man's deportment. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, you have a set of folks. I mean, famously, uh, this woman in West Virginia, you have the mayor and her compatriot. The, the, the mayor lost her job. The compatriot ended up getting, re, getting rehired when she said these untoward things about the first lady, called, you know, aping heels. And, you know, there's a number of people who have, you know, are supposed to be professionals. And they made these really reprehensible remarks about the first lady again a princeton harvard graduate an esteemed attorney mother fitness woman uh just i mean you really you really can't say anything negative about michelle obama you really can't but when you say that this woman is an ape in heels and then talk about liken likening her diction to that of someone who is who, who practices ghetto speak or you know Ebonic, I mean, it's, it's just not truthful. I mean, the one saving grace for yours truly, I was listening to this pro. We're going to go to a, a, a Yuletide groove, but I got to say this one, one, one spot, and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir, but it did make put things into clearer focus for yours truly. I was listening to some podcast, some radio show, and they had a clip of, I think it was, um, uh, I can't re- I can't remember the the the, the uh, author's name. I can't I just had it in my head. I can't remember the author's name. Anyway, 
she had the author, very well known author, black female author, had kind of addressed these issues, Captain. And she also talked about her her childhood and how she would walk into drugstores and you know there were some things going on uh, with segregation and some of the behavior. And she said that I always felt superior to these people morally. It's kind of a comical thing. She threw that as an afterthought. She said, call me all these names and all this kind of thing. But she had said, I always felt morally superior. Now, I don't believe I'm superior to anybody. But I do feel superior as far as my worth. But when it comes down to these issues of having to debate or to try to lend credence or explain away the absurdity of likening a Harvard attorney (laughs) uh, to someone who barely got into this country, who uh, posed nude, uh, other women. I mean, just just basically uh, a a Pop-Tart. But because she has uh, she's she's white, I, I got to somehow juggle that whole thing. No. If you're more, if you're morally superior to people who believe this kind of absurdity, you, you just you just you can explain this stuff. It made me feel better. I said, well, because I, I have a whole thing with this logic. When it goes against my logic centers, Cap, it, it makes me go crazy. I'm like, this is illogical. How, how are people not? This, you know, we're landing probes on. On meteors, we have cell phones, flat screens. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, we're doing all kinds of, of wondrous things. You know, Elon Musk is developing this 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 tube for traveling, this air tube. I mean, all these all this wonderment. Our, our, our Doctor Strange, damn it! <laughs> all these things are going down, and I'm still hearing people talk like it's the, it's the 12th century. I'm morally superior. That's it. I feel better, Cap. I feel better. I had to figure this out. Um, anyway, let's go to more Christmas music. And as much as I appreciate the holiday season, and I'm not really, you know, I'm a, I am an agnostic, but I appreciate the, the, well, this Christmas season has been difficult in the sense that people aren't necessarily acting as if this is a time for, for good cheer and, and, and being respectful and they're not acting that way but anyway i'm I'm going to um play my grooves i'm going to outthink what we're going through right now and i I would implore our listenership to start putting their thinking caps embrace being intelligent embrace being having some scholarship time to outthink i'm 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 on that batman ish captain i know it sounds corny as hell i'm on that i believe it i'm sorry I believe you could outthink yourself out of most situations. That's something that's coming from the Oracle, actually. I, because I see, I see so few me, so few people as, as thinking people. I see, mis- I see mistakes all the time from folks, Captain, on a daily basis, and most of the time, poor planning, emotionalism, not a brain, no sense of brain power, brain power. That is the equivalent of Lent. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. That's what I see. That's what I see. Let's go to this. Well, the best. Well, the best way to do things is to 
you know, you have to have foresight. That's the, that's where you want to do the thinking. Because sometimes once it's already on, it's on. <laughs> so that's where where most of the thinking needs to go into. <laughs> you know, once it's you already know, on, it's on. I mean, I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna, I might even want to try to get this gentleman on because he's kind of crazy. Uh, O'Shea Duke Jackson. <laughs> O'Shea Duke Jackson. Uh, he's a David Carroll devotee on YouTube, and he's a he's a um, uh, uh, a uh, I guess he's a medical school student, African American from the states who's studying in, studying in Poland, and he does his YouTube show from Poland, and he has a very conservative perspective. And we make contour and contrast. I don't do d- agree and disagree. I st- I don't do that. If you was, you don't have to agree with me. This whole thing of calling in the show, Captain, which is tired. Well, I don't really agree with you guys. Well, hell, we are, I don't always agree with with anybody. We don't. All, we, we're not meant to always agree with things. You, I, I prefer contrast, but I'm a supporter. Anyway, uh, I like I like the way this O'Shea Duke Jackson gets down, and how he puts things. You know what? Let me let me let me let me let me. I'll get back to. It. I'll revisit it. Let me let me get to this groove, and we we will we will elucidate on that. I, I'll mention more about O'Shea Duke Jackson. Anyway, this is Ike and Tina Turner. Merry Christmas, baby. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Mike and Tina Turner, Merry Christmas, baby. This is the Midweek in Review on a Thursday, believe it or not, folks. 
Yes, we pushed it up 24 hours. My apologies. And remember, Saturday is the grindhouse still. We're expecting the mighty Joseph Illich of Lion Forge Comics. Uh, we, you know him. As a, he's a comic creator legend, editor of DC Comics, Batman, and you know he's an he's a industry, industry leader, and he has his own imprint, Lion Forge, and he promises that uh, this is going to be quite fascinating because Lion Forge is going to be uh, he- heavy on the diversity thing, so that should be very important. And also we're expecting, briefly, uh, John Ira Jennings, Professor Jennings, who's also one of the um, creators of the Harlem Black Comic Comic Book Festival. I think this is the fifth or sixth annual festival coming up. Normally it's uh, every Dr. King holiday weekend. So uh, it, it has expanded. It's, it's amazing that this thing has become a monster unto itself. I mean, as each year goes on, it becomes exponentially more popular. Um, I think maybe a year ago, two years ago, it, it had expanded to two coasts, the left coast and the east coast. Now he is and normally just a day apart, a day apiece, you know, just I think a Saturday, a Saturday per, uh, per weekend. Um, and per coast, this time it's expanded to the entire weekend in the, at, at the Schomburg Center in Harlem. And I would expect also there's going to be the left coast or west coast component. So it was, I think it was upwards of five to 7,000 attendees last year. It was uh, maybe 1,000 or 2,000 the first year out. So, I mean, it just keeps on doubling and tripling up. So I'm very happy. I'm hearing there's more. Uh, conventions forthcoming to have a similar kind of theme. The Blurred Con is coming up in a couple of months uh, around the haunting gro- haunting grounds of our caller. So, and a uh, uh, seven hundred three. I always get mixed up between uh, between Black Ronan and Bison. I think this is Bison. Uh, in his his haunting grounds, there's going to be a Blurred Con, and I just heard there's another some some kind of diversity con thing. So, I mean, it's happening. I guess my desire for again this 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 need for the overall community, irrespective of race, to kind of impart the idea of like the idea of intelligence being cool, but especially it has to be concentrated in black and brown communities. We've got to we've got to got to get that going. Uh, let me bring in seven hundred three in, in, in two seconds. When I mentioned O'Shea O'Shea Duke Jackson, the the YouTuber. Who I, who I suspect is also growing in popularity, and he has a very, very conservative message, very visceral message. You know, we, we try to keep pipe down the cursing on our show. We try to keep a very G-rated, if not PG-rated show. Uh, Mr. Jackson does not do that. But he said something that many would probably say is highly controversial, the Walter Scott tragedy. We know that now, you know, that case appears to be um, that hopefully we will see another case. But uh, yet we had one remaining juror. And, um, you know, listen, we saw what we saw. But what Jackson is saying is, you know, he's not going to ride for Walter Scott because we saw this man in the very beginning run out the car. And I said it on the show. I said it, I said it, said it in kinder tones. 
But he ran out the car. He trusted that a racist wasn't going to put a bullet in his ass or multiple bullets. I mean, you know, if he had kind of used a little bit of brain power or if we, had, if we could impart that being a bit more brainy and, and, and a little bit more um, – being a bit more shrewd, the concept of shrewdness as a cool thing, if we, if we kinda, could kind of make that a thing, we might see some of this stuff go down. Not saying you can't get a bullet in your behind. Not saying that can't happen, but running, tussle, thinking you're going going to get a fair deal with 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 a racist. I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing it. And that's what O'Shea Duke Jackson said. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Seven oh three from the DMV. This is Bison. I Good evening. It. it is me, Afro nerd. I would like to How's it going, say sir? hello. To you and the esteemed Captain Kirk, I hope you are doing well today, this evening. Looks like that oh, yeah. winter vortex. That winter vortex is hitting the East Coast. So I yep, will it not is. see Rogue One tonight. I will catch Rogue One later. <laughs> Before I start, I want to kind of dovetail off of um, your um, initial or introductory comments and concerning our thinking. And I want to offer congratulations to two Howard University students. Cameron Clark, who was selected to be a Rhodes Scholar, who's going to study in um, Oxford next year, and Greer Roberts, who was selected to be part of the inaugural Schwartzman Scholarship, which is um, a, a new program set up for American students to study in China. Um, very selective. That that was probably more selective than Rose Scholarship. So again, that's Greer Roberts and Cameron Clark, two graduating seniors next May from Howard, who've been selected for two prestigious programs. So I want to, you know, kind of start off with something a little different. We always talk about, you know, what a lot of young people aren't doing. So I want to celebrate something millennials are doing and doing well. So um, secondly, another thing I want to I want to speak on. This is not, you know, I know Deber is not going to speak on this, so I'm going to do it for him. You sort of um, alluded to um, some conventions that will be happening in the DMV and some other areas, but I want to say that. Uh, Debert has really, over the years, a lot of this came out of a lot of the things he said um, and, you know, what you articulated. And if you can, I don't know if you are accepting donations on your website. I haven't looked at it, you know, in, in a little bit. But, um, you know, support Afrodner. You might not like everything what he says, but he's consistent. Um, he will take in all opinions, and but this this is not free. It's a labor of love between him and Captain Kirk. They don't have to do this. Captain Kirk can be looking for zombies tonight with a shotgun, but he's calling in. So I just <laughs> want to make sure. I think I think we're getting past the level now with a lot of the platforms that are you know that are attracting. Um, it's very inclusive with people of color and other um, 
designations, it's time to start putting the money up so these um, endeavors can continue. So I just want to just inject that, that, um, you know, I don't know if you accept donations on the website, if you move to the monetization stage. But I just want to just say out there to the listeners uh, right now or in the archives who listen in the future that um, if you're able to please support AfroNerd in his endeavors because he has a track record. Um, he brings in guests. Um, he's, he has diverse opinions in his show. It's not just one thing all the time. Like some shows, it's all about Marvel or whatever. Um, continue to bring out, bring this um to, to bring this platform to you. Excuse me for had a little brain skip right there. So I just want to just say that off the bat. Well, listen, uh, Bison, you know, even though you're, you are a Howard graduate, <laughs> uh, you're a class act, man, and I appreciate what you're saying. And, and listen, it, it, is, it isn't easy, um, and it's something that we talk about quite a bit as far as monetization. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's... You know, so we've been doing it for a long time. And listen, we have Claire Lene in full effect, and we want to be able to uh, uphold her efforts. She's on the left coast, and she calls in because we all have this desire to change things. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you, you see what we do and what we're trying to do. It's not about really agreeing. I don't really care about people agreeing with me. You know, I, I can handle, you know, disagreement. And I actually, uh, I, I actually look forward to people who can try to kind of deconstruct what we bring forward. My whole thing is, whatever someone may think about this program, the key component of what we're trying to do is all we're trying to do is get people to think and to make it somewhat a thing. We see that uh, the term viral and trends, those are common terms that we take for granted every day. But we, can't see, we cannot seem to make the idea of the brain and being able to outthink your opponent as a thing. Now, on some level, because I see it in my programming, as far as what I like to look at on TV, I look at brain stuff. There's a lot of, you know, whether it's the Discovery Channel, whether it's all the scholarship, all the books. I mean, uh, I, I'm a podcast fiend. Even though we do our own podcast, I listen to other podcasts. There's such a wealth of, of minds out here. I listen to uh, the mighty doctors, Glenn Lowry and... John McWhorter, who I've got, to, I've got to make an appeal to come back on our show. What, what, what is very discouraging, um, Bison, is as far as black people, and, I, and this is something you may want to weigh in on. You know, at the top of the show, we were talking about Jim Brown, and folks know there's no secret I have a great amount of admiration for Jim Brown. And I really can't discredit or deconstruct Jim Brown, although they are, the millennials are out there and others are really trying very hard to, to liken this man to some kind of minstrel or some kind of Uncle Tom. And he's aware of that. So I'm not going, I'm not going there. And by extension, the mighty Fred Williamson. I, I've been shouting out Fred Williamson Jr., his son, because I'm, I'm always big upping his dad. These are the, these are the men that shored up my, my, my belief system, even though they were entertainers as athletes. After, after uh, the Oracle's teachings. So when Jim Brown comes in and he speaks to Donald Trump, all I can say is let's 
him take the bullet on that. And I mean is being being thoughtful, we can't all be we can't all have this 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 tribal thing where as black people we collectively say F Trump this dude and we just we just ass out to be more visceral. We're ass out as a collective for four to eight years. We can't afford to do that. Let someone let a, a cadre of black folks approach Trump and see what happens. Now I also said now I also said that he is dog whistling. Uh, Trump is dog whistling by speaking to the Kanye's and, and and the Ray Lewis's and by extension Jim Brown because I don't see him speaking to McWhorter. I don't see him speaking to uh, Lowry. I don't see him speaking to uh, um, Dr. Malvo, the economist. I don't see him speaking. Glenn Lowry is an excellent uh, economist. You have engineers, economists. I mentioned Melody Hobson. Shout out to in 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 um an homage to Rogue One, the original creator, his wife, who is a woman of color, a well esteemed woman of color out of Chicago, who has her own investment firm, Melody Hobson. I don't see Trump speaking to people like that. He speaks to a man who just gets out of the bug house with tinted hair, looking like a nut. So in some respects. Someone takes the hit, and t- someone takes the hit, and attends Universal Circus, which is what this is. Because so far, if you're speaking, to, if you're speaking to entertainers and rappers as representatives of the black community, that means you're you are commiserating with Universal Circus. That's what he is. That's what he's doing. Let Jim Brown take the hit, but meanwhile, also have real people with with cogitation approach Donald Trump. And also, let's do what we got to do in spite of Donald Trump. This should be like Batman, like uh, – what was that, that, that um, famous um, comic book? Uh, was it called The Judas Contract? Was it Judas Contract? Um, ah, the, the, where, where Batman was able to uh, take down the entire Justice League. Grant Morrison wrote this like, maybe 15 years ago. Forgot the name of that that storyline. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. But no one's talking that way. It's the same emotional crap. Donald Trump isn't doing what we want him to do. He's a racist. I mean, yeah, we know that. What are we going to do in spite of all that? We still got We still have to keep on moving. We still have well, to figure out a way a to, to, to. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bison. He uh, he spoke with Robert Johnson maybe two weeks ago. That's the only. None. We could argue on him for days, but he is a, uh, a businessman, and, and I agree with everything you said. I have no issues with what you said, but one thing we have to be cognizant of is, quote unquote, who is in the president elect's ear. Supposedly, Omarosa is directing this, and I think oh. I've seen her sort of escorting black um, folks. She's supposed to be the point person for president-elect's um, outreach to the African-American community. So I'll just, I'll just leave that hanging. But what you said is exactly right, and you are correct. And we need to get beyond emotionalism of, of you know, the circus, what you are seeing up at Trump Tower, because we know what that is. 
The people have already been selected. This is just a dog and pony show for the media. But something tells me that they are, I think Condoleezza Rice is sort of, is going to start, is in, in, sort of in a, in a circle to, to, to pick people. Because I think Omarosa has been named to the transition team. That's true. So I think you want to, I, I, so I think that number is going to increase. And you may see the Ken Chenaults, the venture capitalists, or whoever, because he's just picking for the top-level cabinet positions. The the um, transition team has to fill 4,000 jobs, and he's not going to fill 4,000 jobs, you know, going to Trump Tower. You know, this is just for maybe two dozen at the most. So hopefully Omarosa can get in his ear, maybe get Condoleezza Rice, they made people come in when the cameras are turned off. We want to have to. You, you know what? Uh, sorry to interrupt you. I was going to mention this because you mentioned I'm a I'm a big um, admirer of Condoleezza Rice, and it has a lot to do really with her mind. Um, some black folk didn't necessarily like her. I think she was a victim, not that dissimilar from Colin Powell, a victim of the Bush administration and and his inadequacies um but you can't take anything away from i mean she's a provost of um uh what's the college she's uh why can't i remember her her school stanford 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 Stanford, thank you thank you thank you oh i need some ginseng anyway um and she's also a a russian expert i mean this woman i mean if there's any with all this talk about the russian connection with trump and you know now we're trying to we're, we're investigating this at the midnight hour, and we will see how this turns out. And it is something to be concerned with, but it's not as if we didn't know. I mean, you know what the what, and I'm saying this as a Republican that on some level this this could be tantamount to being treasonous by shouting out Putin, shouting out, uh, 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 you know, come come on and go ahead and, and uh, hack our servers. I mean, you you could say that's in jest, but that's kind of a treason. So, um, but yes, if there's going to be any connection to Russia, you would want someone like Condoleezza Rice in the fold. Now, if she wants to participate in this circus, that remains to be seen. I don't know what to say. And I will say, and also again, having these athletes and rappers or a rapper as a kind of ambassador to black folk is just plain embarrassing but if we're smart with multiple plans and i and i and thank you john hutton uh i said judas contract that's the teen titan storyline the tower of babel storyline is with uh batman when he had all these contingency plans to take out the justice league but i just love it because he's thinking of the inevitability of certain things we need to have that kind of mindset for real. I know this sounds like goofy comic book fanboy myth, myth crap, but you can apply this. Imagine if you actually applied this kind of thinking with the minority communities or just, or just people in general. I just want people to be smarter. We got to get off this dumb ish. We really do. But we seem to, be, we seem to fight it. We, we clown smart people. What you, you can say what you think. Of, you can say what you may say. You can say what you think about um, President Barack Obama, but but they they were clowning him for being professorial. 
How do you clown someone for being intelligent? I mean, it's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. I can't take you seriously. But we need to start as a thing. Why can't we make the idea of being smart and intelligent a, a viral thing? I don't know. I'm confused by it. Anyway, I want to I move things forward a little bit. I want to talk about Tommy Lauren, believe it or not. More foolishness. Tommy Lauren, I got to break her down too. And I say this begrudgingly. Uh, for those who are in the know, she's a, she is a internet personality. Uh, she is a commentator, young commentator with The Blaze, a conservative outfit. Glenn Beck's own imprint after he left. Uh, what was it? Was he with Fox and, and HLN or something? I think he, he was on cable with his own thing, and then he ended up having his own imprint. So he has, he has Tommy Lauren on, and Tommy Lauren has been very critical of Black Lives Matter. And she recently made the news by being on, on um, the Trevor Noah show, The Daily Show. And I haven't spoken about this in a minute. I was, I was debating whether to do it. And then she, you know, she, so she was confronted, and I like Trevor Noah. I'm, I actually support Trevor. I like Trevor Noah a lot. Very intelligent, young man. Um, he's coming from a different perspective in the sense that he's from South Africa, and he could talk about segregation and apartheid in the modern era. You know, for, for, for people of Generation X and Y and millennial, Millennials, you know, segregation really is, is – it's, I had to be told about segregation. You know, it's something I, I saw in, in, in Eyes on the Prize. I was raised with it as far as what it is, scholastically, but as far as experiencing it, it's a different matter. Uh, someone coming from an apartheid regime in South Africa – he can, he has a, he has a special experience that can be, that, that he can apply going on here as far as race relations. So anyway, he interviews Tommy Lauren and, he, and he's he's rather masterful. You know, he's a young guy. Some things he kind of messed messed up with, but for the most part, he was on her about some of her hyperbolic beliefs. Now the thing of it is, is that Tommy Lauren is is a fop. You know, we know who she is, he knows what she is, and we understand what her purpose is. She's an attractive, blonde, white female who doesn't really have any intellectual acumen. There's no intellectual foundation there. You could, you could, you could tell squarely that she, she, only is a, she is only able to rattle off. You see, it's, it, you could have your talking points, but you should be able to bob and weave with your talking points, if you have actual knowledge. She doesn't have it. So Trevor Noah, was, Trevor Noah was able to actually put her off balance, which is, no, which is, which is easy. And, she, and essentially, she's a kid. And I, you know, listen, 24, 25, I, 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 you know, respectfully, she's a young woman. But in some respects, she's also a kid. I can see the kid in her. She doesn't, she doesn't have the knowledge base, but, she, but because of her relative attractiveness, and she fits the attractiveness of the majority culture, 
we're gonna, she's going to be put out there as as as, as fop, and everyone's going to dig in. So some folks weighed in on Trevor Noah somewhat negatively, and after that you had uh, Charlemagne the God, who was also uh, has quasi mystical status to me. Local DJ, local radio personality, mispronunciation of words, and there's a reason why he. It's the reason why he exists. Also, he exists almost the same reason, the same way that Tommy Lauren exists. Having someone like your, like yours truly, the captain, a number of other podcasters in that public sphere will be very difficult. It'll be very difficult. Um. So. What becomes problematic is that you had you had uh, kind of this this damsel damsel in distress thing going on. That there's a lot of things working in this in this atmosphere. Trevor Noah, Charlemagne the God, these two end up getting lumped in as as, as providing providing a platform for this woman. And there's this whole undercurrent of, well, she's attractive, so these are black men, and they're trying to date her. They're trying, they're trying to uh, get in her good graces. Um, you know, oh, she can't really mean what she means or what she says. And there is this kind of need to, to protect this attractive blonde white woman. So it plays into a lot of different, a lot of different uh, stereotypes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this, bring the captain in. Do do you? I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but do you understand that that she she is put out there as someone not serious? She's put out there as a professional troll. Uh, in in actuality, she is in line with an Ann Coulter, but Ann Coulter is 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 older. So there's got to be someone that takes her place. Horse face, Ann Coulter. Let's go. <laughs> well, I, I see. I see uh, our friend John Hutton. He has a point. Now he says he doesn't find her attractive. I'm listen. I'm going to be honest. Tommy Lauren is attractive. I, I'm not afraid to say that someone. Uh, I, I don't have like this whole thing about. I think there's a baseline for attractiveness. I think there's that, that 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 many cultures, colors are attractive. I don't do that. I don't do what she's she's attractive for a white female. I don't do that. Um, he mentions Michelle Malkin. Now Michelle Malkin, I like I like physically also, but Michelle Malkin is a dark-skinned Asian person speaking the same ish, a bit more has a bit more of a of a, of a knowledge base. And she made some noise, but you see, she's older and she's browner, and that plays a role. She does not fit the archetype. She does not. She does not. Does not fit what the, the Euro general branded uh, beauty standard. Some folks would say Michelle Malkin isn't attractive just because of her ethnicity. Now, to me. Again, because I, I already told you I have more I, I feel moral, morally superior, it's just absurd. Uh, Michelle Malkin is fine to me. You know, that's just me. 
but um, she doesn't she doesn't fit the mold. She can only go so far. That's that's what's so funny. Now Michelle Malcolm, Malcolm herself may say something different because she's going to toe the party line. I'm going to be honest. Michelle Michelle Malcolm should be where Tommy Lauren is now, but Tommy Lauren is going to be pushed without the knowledge because she's white and blonde and perceived to be attractive. And I and I you know listen, I think she's attractive. I will say that, but I think a lot of women are attractive. But she's young, she's 24, and is a dum-dum. And, just, and all she's able to do is spout off bullet points. That's it. But the fact that you had Charlemagne and Trevor Noah kind of being brought into this, it, does, it, it is a little bit of, if this woman were lesser attractive, lesser, pardon me, less attractive, would you be on her ass like that? Figuratively and literally. I don't know. Just tired of, of, of Negroes <laughs> being brought in as 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 kind of like Charlamagne already said something about has she slept with a black guy? See when you start getting into that talk, <laughs> then, then it's like okay, well, you know this 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 is you know this is this is the same this is the same way of Kanye West being brought in as some kind of entrepreneurial ambassador. That's that's been spoken about. That's been said out. That's 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 been said that you're not treating people seriously and. Uh, for Charlemagne to go into that kind of discourse, talking about you know sexuality, I mean, come on, man. She's not talking. She's not. She's not. She's hyperbolic. And I and I'm very critical of Black Lives Matter. But when you say Black Lives Matter, you liken Black Lives Matter to uh, to the Klan, or you call you call the Black Panthers a terrorist group. Yep. Yep. I mean. You 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 you're, you're intellectually dishonest, and you you can critique the you could you could say just about anything uh, against typecast. And I do it I do it on the show all the time, but I I I, I couch my words with facts that you you know in, in a way you could say just about you could say anything, but you have to at least have your facts and you have to be able to couch what you say in a, in a certain way. But say, but when you go into uh, a game, Black Lives Matter are akin to the Klan. Well, I can't take you seriously because that's just that's false perspective. I mean, the Klan. First of all, they lasted longer. They were embedded in all reaches to this day in all reaches of government and uh, and and, and uh, public spaces and, and institutions. Still doing this. I mean, it's, there's no comparison to a few people. Getting together, talk in a, in a in a finite amount of time, talking about uh, police brutality, and the Klan that actually burned crosses, killed black folks, ki- killed. I mean, please, I mean, but that's what. That's, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Anyway, we have a caller. Let's see who this person is. They don't have their phone number releasing coming up. Welcome to the midweek on a Thursday. This is Africa Radio. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hi, my name is Tina. I'm from San Diego, California. Yes, I have a how question? can I help you? I, I, I have sense, a question. I sense a joke coming. What's your argument? Is this, what? Is this a serious call? Yes. 
Baba okay, I'm going to play a wall. I play along once in a while, Captain. So you see, you see again what I'm, what I'm talking about. So I just talk, I just talked about the lack. I just talked about the lack of cogitation in the public space, and it's a madhouse. I feel I literally feel like the Charlton Heston character in the first iteration of the Planet of the Apes. It's a madhouse. I, I need to get. As a matter of fact, I got to get that clip going. I got to get that as an audio. Yeah, that would be good. We're talking about. We're talking about, I'm, I'm being half facetious. We're talking about uh, Armageddon Trump. <laughs> We're talking about uh, Walking Dead and Van Helsing coming to reality. And this fool is off his meds, a grown man sounding like a grown man, making weird voices. I mean, what, what's going on? And I'm a Howard Stern fan myself, but come on, dude. Really? At least at least try to be funny. <laughs> Instead of sad and depressed. Wow. Anyway, I I'm I'm I, I uh I'm expanding on this. I see that our friend Bison's still in, in effect. What are your thoughts about this Tommy Lauren character? Do do you think that we we were kind of falling for the, falling for her as a troll? That I can't. That this woman just. I don't. I think it's a, it's it's akin to performance art. When you make these hyperbolic statements, you know, instead of being real, you know, I critique Black Lives Matter all the time, but people treat me seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're gonna if you're gonna say that, uh, you know, the moon landing is like going down the block in your car. <laughs> you know, I went to McDonald's. It's just like going to the moon. Then I mean, you know, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, um, Apple nerd, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Okay. Um, apologies. Um, treat. Let's. I'm gonna use a sports analogy. I don't know how familiar you are with baseball, but there are different leagues: Double A, Single A, Triple A. Mm-hmm. And the goal for players to reach the major leagues. She's in Double A right now. And they reached down and gave her a platform to maybe come to the major leagues. That's how CNN unleashed Glenn Black, excuse me, Glenn Beck on the world. And she's on the Blaze. Um, I think she got her start prior to that on YouTube, but I may, I may have to retract that. But I know she's on the Blaze, um, which is um, a network on Sirius, and you're familiar with. And I believe it has its own. Radio platform. YouTube. And I think yep. she. I think she wants to just come up. Plus, it's those street terms. She wants to come up, and I think the the vitriol is that black males gave her that come up, and then there was more. And I, I don't want to go too much too much on a tangent, um, but there was a lot of vitriol and pushback when Charlemagne went on Twitter and said, "Why don't black women use a platform?" like she did to voice their concerns. I probably didn't paraphrase it as well as I should have. So that was where all the pushback really came from. Um, but this this happens in media all the time, um, especially now with um, YouTube and other platforms. People, I mean, the big leagues or the major leagues are still the networks because checks come with the networks, larger checks come with the networks. And she, you know, used her time on 
I don't know what the Daily Show's um, audience is, but it's still rather large, even with Trevor Noah there. Probably not as large as when Stewart was there, but still sizable. So she got thousands or tens of thousands of followers just from that three or four minutes that she was on the show. But it's nothing new with um, people trying to be outrageous. I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Jones. Of course. Um, he's, I think he's going to be the next one. I mean, he's so out there. I don't even know if Fox will deal with him. You know, but he's, you know, he does this guerrilla um, style. I think they even took over a Young Turks podcast, the RNC. Convention. I saw that. It was crazy. Um, it was beyond crazy. And so the more outrageous you are, the more attention you get. And with the statement, I read, I heard somewhere, I think it was on Karen Hunter's show or somewhere, was someone was in a green room with Lloyd Ingram and maybe Ann Coulter. And he was saying, you know, they're nothing like the public personas. You know, they, they thought it was just, you know, they figured it was just an act. Um, but it's a very lucrative act. And, you know, she's just a long line. I mean, she, you know, the bottle blonde, you know, the, the talking points. Like you said, she's still young. She's still raw. And she's still basically inarticulate. Now, someone grooms her, put her through right-wing television finishing school, you know, she might have a place at Fox. But right now, she's not ready for prime time. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because, uh, again, she was supposed to appear on The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne's show. And then he had said that, um, you know, she had to decline. Her, her, her bosses weren't comfortable with her performance on Trevor Noah's show because the next step would have been for her to probably be a lot more uh, relaxed in a clownish environment and then it all hell could have broken loose. And again, but you did, you did see Charlemagne walking around with her in Manhattan and that seemed to, it seemed to cause some kind of hullabaloo because you have this, it's, it's kind of a rock star thing going on. It, 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 it was, it, again, you're giving more weight to, and it goes down to this woman's ethnicity and her relative attractiveness and black males, that whole black male juxtaposed with the white blonde female, and even it even goes into hair color. There are, see, this is where you get really, when I, I've talked about this before, we are so insane in this country that we have so many, so much permutations and gradations based on race and ethnicity. Like, people are, are, are more comfortable with a, with a Kim Kardashian who is olive complected and uh, a brunette versus the blonde uh, Nazi Hitler youth visage of a Tommy Lawrence. That whole thing, you know, it's very peculiar. It's very odd. But I knew what was going on. I said, these brothers, you took the bait because she's a professional troll. I see our friend John Hutton. He had just broke it down too about I think I'm reading his what he was saying too. Oh yeah, she she'll get a show on Fox soon enough. That's what's going to happen. And it's not about someone who actually has a knowledge base to talk that ish. Even if even if she's coming from a, a conservative bent. Listen, I'm thinking about folks in the past. I can even I can even liken this to pop culture. Um, to show you how vapid our world has become. You think of the Ella Fish, 
Ella Fitzgeralds. You think of the John, the Janis Joplin's. You think of uh, the, the the Natalie Coles, right? You think about what singers used to what singers used to look like. When female singers used to have, you used to have to be like I mean Nina Simone. These these people, irrespective of race, I'm talking about just phenomenal talents as women. And now what happened to what happened to that archetype? They're gone. Maybe Adele, maybe Adele fits that archetype, but she's British. But you have Rihanna, you have um, a Taylor Swift. You see what I'm getting at? It's like what well, used you to be, had what it used before. To be, not like this though. Like the, Tor- the Tori Amoses, you still have that. It's just you know the pop universe has expanded more. I mean, it was like. You know, once upon a time, R&B, you had Patti LaBelle, Nita Baker, Jody Watley, um, Diana Ross. You know, I could go, you know, Tony Braxton. You know, it was you could just stack name over name. The same thing in pop. It was different subcategories. Now, it's just sort of, you know, if you're not on top, you're a has-been. And I, I think the same can be used in this instance. I mean, someone wants to be the next Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter's a lot of things, but the first thing she is is rich. And a lot of people want to, oh, yeah. you know, want, want what she has. And, and and we know what the Fox model is, you know. A lot of legs, you know, a lot of hairspray, a lot of blonde, um, bottle blonde, um, excuse me, blonde in a bottle. And, you know, go from there because the majority of the money is not going to be made um, from the salary from Fox, it's going to be made in um, book deals, um, giving speeches for five or sometimes six, six figures a pop. That's what Hannity gets the bulk of his income. So a lot of people want to get on that, get on that gravy train, and she's no different. I just think she's not ready right now. She may be a year or two too early. I mean, you can go on YouTube and get 50 people like her doing the same thing, and some of them a lot better. They gave her a platform. They gave well, her a well, listen. Well, that's my point. It's not about how good you are anymore. It's about how many clicks, how much, how much of a provocateur are you? We, we've, lost the, we've lost the space where we can actually have facts. I mean, listen, we have fake news now. We're in a totally different place where facts don't matter anymore. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into something else. And I'm gonna stick, we got about 11 minutes remaining. I wanted to keep you on, Bice, because this is something that you may want to comment on as well. Um, I'm going to segue into something that I find interesting. Uh, there was a CNN exchange between Keith Boykin, who's this uh, gay black liberal chat, and um, uh, Ben Ferguson, who is a conservative guy. And they, they, they put these two together. And again, this is, you know, when you think about it, it's all performance art. It just, it's, it's just performance art. But uh, there's, there's a controversy among so many controversies now where a USC professor goes into this rant about Donald Trump during her class. Now, it wasn't even a political science class. I believe it was like a, um, a sex and social science class or something like that. But it wasn't a, a, a political, politically infused class. But she goes off script. As a professor, as a as an educator, 
and starts ranting about Donald Trump, likening him to a terrorist. Now, when she does this, you have a faction of Republican students who took umbrage with her speaking this way. And also USC, USC Berkeley, is a very liberal campus. So now you're getting into a, getting into a, a place where if you speak your mind, even if you don't agree with this person, that person is to be silenced. So I want to play this, and, and I want to play this clip. And I, I have a certain, I had a certain epiphany as to how we need to be perceiving this stuff now, because it's getting to the point, it's getting to the point now where what's really going on. And this, this is this is the flip side of the same coin with these with these folks. I have my issues, and it's been it's been well documented on this show that I have problems with SJWs, social justice warriors. Th- these folks, if you don't believe the way they believe, you could have ten. You could you could believe eight out of ten things that they believe in, but because it's not ten for ten, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to I'm uh, in 140 characters or less. I don't want to hear what you have to say because you don't you don't you don't agree with exactly what I believe in. On the left. There's a type of fascism on the right. And, and what's really happening at both sides and even in the middle, nobody wants to be challenged. That is the America we're, we are in now. Because I don't remember growing up under this kind of, under, under this kind of culture that I remember being able to hear um, even though it was, you know, after my birth or what have you. I would, I, I would hear the, the, the musings of a James Baldwin, of a Malcolm X. I mean, you, you, you saw James Farmer. You saw people at tables. You go to YouTube right now. It's beautiful to see the exchanges. You, you, you can see battles, uh, intellectual battles at, at Oxford. It was truly educational. You were allowed to hear different viewpoints and then and then and and then come to a conclusion. Now that's now you have fascists in my estimation on both sides, and I'm thinking, what is bothering me? Ne- nobody wants you to challenge them. I have my Tommy Lauren is not to be challenged. She can talk uh, misinformation, and it's all good. I'm performing. I'm performing anyway. Let me play this CNN clip, and uh, I'll leave it up to our, our, our esteemed listening audience. Hold on. Boykin versus Ben Ferguson. Hiding, receiving death threats after she was caught on tape in her classroom, ranting about President-elect Donald Trump. This recording was taken during a class at Orange Coast College, and now we're going to show it to you. It has divided the campus. Students coming out. Young Law is out front. Our nation is divided. That's Professor Olga Cox, secretly recorded, lecturing to her Orange Coast college students not on the day's lesson, but Trump's election. It's an act of terrorism. One of the most frightening things for me and most people in my life is that the people committing the assault are among them. The professor's words, spoken in her class on human sexuality and recorded shortly after the election, is now fuel for conservatives outnumbered on this liberal California campus. We obviously feel that at times we're uh, ignored. Our opinions don't really matter. They should not be bullied. They should not be facing, uh, you know, ridicule. 
The college's Republican club posted the two-minute video from the anonymous student. Fury followed in threatening emails to Professor Cox. We'll put a bullet in your face. People like you will be the first ones slaughtered. We support free speech. We support democracy. Students supporting the teacher blame one person. This all happens since Trump. Trump has given young conservatives a powerful voice at typically left-leaning college campuses, say Republican students at the famously liberal University of California, Berkeley. So outnumbered on this campus, Republicans think twice before speaking up. How many of you are reluctant to share your political beliefs on campus? So almost everybody. The Berkeley Republican Club's Trump cutout was eventually left in tatters by vandals. Post-election, they say they face open hostility, and it's only getting worse. But many Orange Coast College professors say disagreement is a part of learning. The faculty at Orange Coast College do not believe that students are such fragile beings that they need to be coddled or they need safe spaces where they don't hear the political views that they disagree with. Why didn't that student just talk to the professor and have a free exchange of ideas like classrooms should be? You're completely right, but when the teacher's going in there and not really allowing anybody uh, to have that sort of dialogue, really trying to make it sure that they you know, have a perception that every single person in that room is a liberal, uh, do you really want to stand up in a you know, room full of your peers, close to 200 students? Uh, you know, I, I personally wouldn't. The union that represents Professor Cox says she's so terrified by the death threats that she's moved out of her home and out of the state of California temporarily. This is finals week at the college. The administration says it does not have an answer on whether or not the professor will be returning to the campus next semester. The administration has also begun an investigation into this, speaking with the still unidentified student who recorded the video, as well as the professor. Aaron. All right, Kyung, thank you. And out front now, Keith Boykin, a former Clinton White House aide, and Ben Ferguson, a conservative radio host. Ben, let me start with you. The professor calls Trump's election an act of terror. Yeah. Uh, you, you just heard <laughs> her say that's that. That's the mild part, right? In, in class. Uh, free speech, or, or would you go so far as to say hate speech? Well, I would say one, it's hate speech, but I also would not want to be a conservative on this campus. And if you want to know who's being targeted around the country, just look at all the conservatives that are being targeted. Uh, you couldn't speak out in this class if you're a conservative. Student, you'd be afraid your grade's going to be affected. And if, if you voted for Donald Trump, she basically says that you're supporting state-sponsored terrorism, that you are supporting a terrorist. Not only that, she also goes on to say that we're in a civil war in this country because she didn't get her way. And this wasn't in a political science class. This had nothing to do with her class at all. This is a rogue teacher. All right. Well, folks, we've got about three minutes remaining. Um, I, I'll have to take this up at a later You're conservative. They're coming for you. <laughs> but, but listen, I'm not the I'm not the regular conservative. I'm I I, I don't matter. They're coming for I you. Can, They're coming for you. But but listen, there there are permutations. Of everything. When someone hears that I'm a conservative, they think that I'm like a neocon or whatever. I'm a black conservative, okay. And even beyond that, I may not be. So you're like, alien. I'm not like a Ward. I'm not a Ward Connolly black conservative. I'll tell you right now. So you're an alien. Um, and I can I can I can handle someone who has a different thought process than I, than I do. But what I find interesting is, listen, we got two minutes remaining. You think about the, the, the educational forums of antiquity. Let me repeat that. When you think about the educational forums of antiquity, where you, you would hear uh, Pluto, uh, Plato speak and Socrates speak, right? The very nature of education and these forums 
are to unpack ideas and to challenge ideas. So the idea that at a college you just regurgitate dogma is absurd. This is college. You're supposed to be a, a college student where you explore all kinds of – now, they're probably exploring drugs and sex, okay? But when it comes down Apple to nerd. opening up a book – yes. Afternoon, S.J. Yes. Warrior. You're not allowed to speak. You're a conservative. S.J. Warrior, you're a conservative. I don't agree with what you're saying. It don't matter. But, you're making sense, but, but it look, don't matter. I don't agree with you. <laughs> but, but, but do you see – but do you see – that putting bullets in head, threatening like the, a person's like, this woman. It's madness. Because because she has a thought. She had listen. Even if even if it wasn't in a political class, okay, she's spouting off. So what? But somebody took. It's not as if listen. If this woman was abusing abusing someone or being abusive is one thing. She spouted off her opinion. This kid took a recording of her opinion. Now all hell breaks loose. Now we can't handle what she says on either side. I mean, and this is happening at an educational educational institution where you're supposed to have free flowing thought. It's crazy. But but you notice after it was posted online, that's when the trolls went after. And now, yeah, all your information can be accessed so easily. They they find out where you live. They can post your social security number. Yep. And they can make threatening calls to your cell phone on your home phone or the job there. It's a it's very vicious. I know you have a, a sort of a reach with your platform. I'm sure you you know we saw tonight on the chat some garbage came through. Now mad, multiply that times a hundred, and you know all day every day, and it takes on a sinister tone. We're out of time, but we're gonna keep going after that. Five uh, minutes. Let's go five minutes then. Let's go All five right. minutes. Um, SJ Warrior, fascism. SJ Warrior, fascism. Let's go fascism. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It, 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 it is crazy because you sit there and say, well, you're paying, these people are paying thousands of dollars for an institution where your mind, listen, it's supposed to be mind expansion. How are minds supposed to be expanded if you can't challenge people's thoughts? That professor. And listen, I kind of agree with, with what she said, okay? And, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, truth be told, listen, I, listen, it's not about Donald Trump being a, a Republican. Because that's, that's, that's under advisement as to him being a true Republican. It's about his competency. That's all I care about. I don't care about uh, his political bent. You know, right, left, in the middle, that's irrelevant. We're talking about somebody who just doesn't seem to be able to give you a cogent, strict thought process. He changes his thoughts in mid-sentence. He chose a, 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 he chose the head of the Department of Energy. He chose um, Rick, Rick uh, I just mentioned the guy's name, uh, the governor of Texas. This, this guy forgot this this Department of Energy and wanted to dismantle, to dismantle it, and now he's going to put him in charge of the of this of this agency. I mean, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Anyway, despite that, this professor saying what she said, and all of a sudden everybody's going crazy. We got to kill her. 
because of what she said. We can't we can't forget about like actually challenging the woman on her thoughts. No, we're not going to challenge you. We're going to kill you. I mean, we're in a different space. We're in a different space. One last thing, I want to bring this up to show you how absurd, how things are also becoming more and more absurd. Did you hear about the biracial couple? This is like kind of it's, again, this is just absurd crap. Uh, I think they are estranged, white female, black male, and they have a daughter of color. The father uh, had the daughter's hair styled in braids. Now, listen, I'm not I'm no real fan of braids myself, but. Uh, I'm not going to uh, say something negative about black culture by ex- by extension of the braids. The girl has her hair braided. The white mother goes in full body karate saying that I don't like the fact that she looks black, even though she is black. Um, I don't like – I mean, she she's within about just this blackness, trying to bifurcate blackness from her child so that so in social on social media captain these two parents are arguing about this child having black features and or black hair so i mean what's happening what's happening i don't know why this brother couldn't couldn't foresee this in this woman in this particular woman and why this woman Marry, uh, well, having relations with a black man, not thinking that that child's going to come, come out somewhat black. You know, I, I, what happened with the biology lesson in that one? I don't know what happened with her. But this is, this is what, I don't know, this is post-Trump now. That even the, the, the people that you had relations with are now, and, had, and, and have married or had children with, they're also becoming Trump people within relations. Any thoughts, Cap? I think, Steve, I think it was always there. I think so, too. Took the words right out of my mouth. I think so. People didn't become become racist on November 9th, 2016. It's always been there. That's just an excuse. An easy excuse. I think they're just more comfortable with it. Gentlemen, uh, let's close the shop. Saturday, 6 p.m. To our listeners, they're listening in the podcast format. Saturday, 6 p.m., we have the mighty Joe Illich of Lion Forge Comics and John Jennings for the upcoming Black Comic Festival, courtesy of the Schomburg Museum. Anyway, uh, let's go on, go on out on a high note, this is Merry Christmas Baby, another Merry Christmas Baby, CeeLo and Rod Stewart. See you Saturday. It's been real. Merry Christmas, baby. Short that treat never Christmas, baby, you sure did treat me nice. Bought me a diamond ring for Christmas, and I feel like I'm in paradise. All right. Well, I'm feeling.